there's a lot of things that are going on all around us and we all have opinions and thoughts about it this episode is inspired by an old facebook memory i found this past week and where i talked about a lot of things now i'm not going to bring those onto today's episode but what i will do i will talk about a couple current events that are happening within my city one particular tragedy about you know the uh, submersible submarine that went down and give you my thoughts on the upcoming NFL season and what I'm looking forward to on this episode of pennies for my thoughts Well, men in power always seem to find themselves in trouble. Uh, Detroit Police Commissioner resigns following sex worker scandal. I read this article this week and I just thought it was very weird and, 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 and funny at the same time. Not funny as in like hilarious funny, but I just thought it was just funny how this story came out. First and foremost... Um, the guy was caught with a sex worker and she was performing an act around 7.15 in the morning. And it was in a known area where there's nothing but those type of workers in that area. He made a statement. You can go on YouTube and view the statement. He told the uh, officers at the scene that you know, he name dropped himself. He basically asked, could they, you know, after that didn't work, he tried to see if they would help him out. And that didn't work. They gave him, you know, what they would give anybody, you know, a few citations or a ticket or whatever. And, you know, the embarrassment of him and his family, he just made a decision to go ahead and resign. Now, I give the guy credit for at least putting up an attempt to try to fight for his job or try to in a sense downplay it but here's the thing you are on the let's see hold on one second let me let me pull it back up let me pull it back up you are on the oversight committee in district one and you are caught by the Wayne County Sheriff's Office saying that Mr. Ferguson, that's his name, was caught in a sex act with a prostitute in his vehicle at 7.15 a.m. on Wednesday. This article came out on July 13th, and it's on the uh, Detroit Free Press website. So there's a lot of things we can unpack with this. First and foremost, why are you with the prostitute? Second, I don't think this was your first time. Um, I don't know if he lives near that area. Someone can leave a comment if they like. But you basically told a story to the press first saying that you got out your car because I saw it on YouTube. And you were talking about how you heard a sound and this person just jumped in your car and you were trying to get them out of your car. I don't know about y'all, but can't nobody just jump in my car and uh, I don't know nothing about it. And secondly, you know, they said they, they had him under surveillance. They said that he had went and drove a little bit, parked, and that's when the action started. All I can say is, is that um, I'm just curious to know why would you go get a prostitute, especially in this city? I don't know about y'all. And I don't this is not something I frequently would do and I don't suggest you should do. But I've seen the walkers and they don't look that good at all. After all, this isn't Las Vegas. This isn't France. This isn't the red light district in Amsterdam. There's no reason for any self-respecting man to be getting a prostitute in the city of Detroit. And if you feel battered and bruised by that, I am sorry. It's your feelings. 
are hurt, but that's just how I look at it. I've seen the Daywalkers out there on Harper. They are not appealing at all. And if they are, you must believe they are undercover. Anyway, then you go and decide to double down and, and, and name drop yourself. And then once that didn't work, it became obvious that, hey, can y'all help a brother out? And they said, nah, you just like everybody else. And we got to treat everybody the same. And I hate to say it, he was a brother. And that could have factored in as well. Like, yo, if it was a person of a different color, would they have done the same thing? I'm not going to go there with that. I'm just going to say it should have been a little bit smarter. Like, number one, um, you should have did what every other guy does with, with power like that. You should have just, just messed around with somebody in the office. At least you know they're clean to a certain degree. And then you resign. And I get it. Maybe you just didn't want no more PR coming to bad PR coming to the board. It looks hypocritical. We want to put this behind us. But to me, when you resign, it makes you look guilty. It makes me say, why did you even come out and make a statement? The statement should have been like, hey, I'm first you say you're stepping back, which okay, I can agree with that. Nothing wrong with that. You're caught up in some stuff. But uh, if you're truly innocent, I'm not giving up my job. I'm just not. I know it sounds arrogant. I know it sounds egotistical for me to say that, but if you did nothing wrong, you standing by your statement that, hey, I got out of my cars, I heard a funny noise, and someone got in, why are you resigning? Oh, because you was full of shit. That's why. Look, I say you're not supposed to judge anybody. You're supposed to wait till you see all the evidence, but if you're going to tell people a story, tell people a better story. Now, that's my thought on that situation. I don't have a right to pass judgment on what any man does in the privacy of his own home or what he does on his way to work or whatever. But I just hope that by everyone reading this or hearing this episode on this podcast, men, we have to do better. We have to do better when you're in our position of power because there are people who look at you, especially black men. You have to understand that when you're in a position of power, you cannot look weak. Remember the story of Samson and how strong he was. A woman got next to him and took him down because he felt vulnerable enough to tell her, well, the strength of my power comes from my hair. And you know the story from there. Just be smart to realize that it's not a good idea First of all, if you're going to step outside your family, make a better choice than that. You shouldn't step out at all. Let me advise that you should never step out at all. If you have a wife or a girlfriend or, 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 or a, a romantic relationship, you should never step out at all. You should show some type of loyalty because they're showing loyalty to you. But a prostitute, come on, brother, could do better than that. Could be doing better than that. Then I read another story about a high-ranking Ford exec that <laughs> beat up his wife and then turned turned himself in. Once again, what is wrong with you guys that got money? Is it about control? Do you feel like you need to dominate your woman? That's not love. That's being sick and borderline narcissist. I don't know what it is, but you guys need to cut it out. Go find Jesus. Pray. Get some counseling. Um, I feel like that's what you really need to do. In the end, it just puts another black eye on men who ascend to greater heights, who ascend to be greater than what they are and are put out there for everyone to watch and potentially be mentors, mentor, mentors for other people. And now you have put a stain on that situation. I hope the best for both men. I'm, I didn't go into the fourth thing because I'm not a big proponent of domestic violence. Any man that hits a woman, you're not a man. You're a fucking coward. And there's no reason to hit any woman unless your life is being threatened. And even then, you find a way to get away from her and you try to keep your integrity as a man. I once again will pray for both men and hope the best for you.
This situation probably has been going on for the last few weeks. And that was from the submarine that went missing to go see the Titanic. And there's more that always comes out about this situation. And it's kind of weird that this situation happened almost a month ago. And you're going to probably hear for a while about what what went wrong. What did the company do that could have been better? And I will just say this Ocean Gate right now is closed because their CEO was also on the sub and went down with it. So my only question, and this is just me and I'm not trying to insult anyone, but if you got a lot of money and you need something better to do, why not just, you know, build a a homeless shelter? Why not? Um, I mean, I'm not saying that they're not doing that. I'm not, I'm not saying that they're not. But the fact of the matter is, I know you had to pay some money to go on this trip. Um, first of all, let me before I go any further. Um, prayer goes out to the families of all those who were lost in this this tragic, this malfunction, this 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 man. And it's like you just feel bad for all the people that were on board, especially the 19 year old, because his life was just so ahead of him. Um, Once again, prayer to the family. I hope you guys find the closure that you're looking for. Um, But yeah, Ocean Gate, you know, to my knowledge, you know, unless things have changed in the last couple of days, they've pretty much shut down their business for the moment because, like I said, the CEO was on board. And what I was reading, it sounded like the CEO was very stubborn and he didn't really want to acknowledge that this sub was was a mistake. Now, I know some of y'all may think that's cold and harsh, but you can't make a sub out of new material and it doesn't get tested. Like, I feel confident when I get on an airplane because there's been tests that's been done. There's a limit to how long this plane will be flying and in use. And once it reached that limit, they retired the plane and there's a new plane that they come out with. You know, same with cars. Cars have limits. They've put anything for major consumption with people. You have to be very safety should be the number one goal. Second thing that struck me was that the controls for this sub was a PlayStation controller or a game console controller. Uh, I ain't been in the sub, but I know that it, it all the control, the, the, the move the sub should not be something I can put in my hand and it's not attached to nothing. Another thing that I noticed was how they got into the sub. It had to be latched from the outside. I don't like that. Mm-mm. So right there and there, I saw three things off rip. Mm-mm, we ain't going. I'm just going to sit right here on the mothership and watch y'all go down. And then they lost communication as they were going down. And it never occurred to anyone to say, hey, uh, let's bring them back up. Tell them to come on back. Nope. They just continued on. But I'm not going to sit here and bash everyone because this this became a tragedy. Um, And I I don't want to I don't want to shit on people's ambition to try something new. Because people have had to have that same ambition to to to, to think they can fly, they they think they can replace the horse for us to build to have cars, to build roads. That ambition is what makes our world so incredible because we can we can push the envelope. But we gotta be careful when we're doing that. I mean, I know there's gonna be some spilt milk, but when it comes to lives, we have to be very safe when we're doing what we're doing. And like I said before, you're going to hear a lot of things. We, we've already started to hear some things, but there, this is not, this is a lot of things are going to come from this. The biggest thing that's going to come from this, there's probably going to be a law put in place. You can't build a sub unless, and launch it with people unless it's been tested. If it ain't already a law. But like I said, man, keep your eye on this because I mean, it's more that's going to come out about this whole situation. And like I said before, it's it's tragic that someone has to lose their life in order for us to realize that as we are building something 
that could be spectacular. We must keep in mind that people got on this thing. They should be able to get back off. And as they were talking about how this was a critical failure, it took me back to 1986 with the Challenger and how we all saw it go up and we all we all saw it come down. And I recently had just saw the documentary about it, the Challenger's final flight. And all that you could think of is like, man, the people and how you hear how the family is like the wife of the pilot was saying, well, I f- he, 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 he's going to get him back safe. He could do it. He could do it. And it's like, you don't, that's the spirit of, of, of being that type of person that you, for the utmost, you have the confidence and the belief that they're going to be fine. They've been trained. They, you can't train for when an explosion happens, but that's what you signed up for. See, in that case, they signed up for that. They they, they wanted to do that. And you can make, make the same claim as far as people getting into that, that submersible submarine. But I wouldn't have signed up and got up in there because first and foremost, they've been having issues. Um, they didn't have no redundancies as far as they lose communication. There's no black box. There's no other way of communicating. They just knew, oh, well, they send in Texas. They can still tweet. They, you know, there's a lot of information out there about there was too many question marks about this sub. But I get it. It's an opportunity to go see a ship that's been there for a hundred years that is barnacle food that's deteriorating before our eyes. There's plenty of pictures, there's plenty of exhibits. Now I want to see this thing up close and personal. So with that being said, Quran has made a rule. Quran ain't going in the ocean. Quran's going to go on a cruise ship that that goes on top of the ocean. But going in the ocean, nah, player. I never thought about it. I ain't going to do it. After what I've seen, what I've heard, and what I've watched, nah, player, I ain't doing it. First and foremost, the sun don't go in the water. So it's cold. That's another thing. If you saw the inside of this thing, how do they keep warm? Is there a heater in there? Second, they said they had 96 hours of oxygen. I said, (laughs) nope, not doing it. And like I said before, they had to be fastened from the outside. What sub have you ever seen that had to be you? you, they, they, They put you in, they latch you in real good. Not saying there ain't none out there. It, it probably is. And some of you probably will call and say, hey, I know a sub that's like that. Okay. And like I said before, James Cameron built his own sub and went to the Mariana Trench. You're telling me that Ocean Gate couldn't call him and say, hey, how'd you build your sub? This is what we thought thinking about using. We're thinking about using carbon fiber. Do y'all know what carbon fiber is? I got a little bit of carbon something on my shoe on a Jordan 11. You talking about making a whole sub out of that? Mm. Once again, I don't want to shit on someone's ambition. I don't want to shit on someone's uh, inspiration or trying to push the envelope. But when you do stuff like that, there has to be some type of testing. You have to figure out how to navigate these things that are going to happen because once again this isn't absolute science this is all experimental once again like the space shuttle that was all experimental equipment it they even though they knew how to work it even though they knew how to navigate they had some issues you still had to at least anticipate there might be some complications that you've never experienced and never foreseen you seen the movie Apollo 11. That was based off a true story. Once again, I'm not mad at the innovation. I'm not mad at the fact that people want to push the envelope for being able to say, hey, the ocean is a frontier that I know a lot of people would like to discover. But we got to well, when you're talking about putting humans into a a pressurized situation. We must make sure they're going to be safe. As easy as they got on that sub, 
they should have easily been able to come back and get off. And like I said, it was too many red flags. That's just my thoughts on that. Period. A question was posed to me this week about what do I what what things have I done in preparation for a wife? Or do I do any preparations for a wife? Because she said women have already prepared themselves for a husband and they're just waiting. And I thought it was a very interesting question, or I'm paraphrasing the question if that's not the whole question. Um and my answer was that's a very good one. I'm kind of stumped on that one a little bit, but I said, first things first, I must be in a relationship and see if this is the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with. And I think most guys are like that. I don't think a guy goes into the world and there probably is a few out there. I'm not going to say there, 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 there aren't, but the ones that I've encountered or ones I have conversation with, I don't believe that subject ever comes up. The subject that does come up is when they do say, well, hey, I'm getting married. And it's like, whoa, congratulations. Well, what made you do that? But when she asked me, I said, well, first and foremost, I'm going to repeat and say first and foremost again, that I first have to be in a relationship and see where this potentially might go. And do I see this being long term? Now, have I met some people or have have I met someone that I thought could be the one? Yes. But that's not something you say out loud. You just say, hmm. For me, my process, hmm. She, yeah. And then you start talking. You start spending time with each other. You understand the nuances and you see things and you try to understand things. And then you realize you start to ask yourself questions you never asked yourself maybe prior or you start doing things that you've never done prior. Like, for instance, I don't really do yard work like that, except in my own yard. So if I'm doing yard work, then I or doing stuff at your house. You know, that's a sign. Hey, you know, hey, I'm, I'm starting to without you even asking me, I'm just there to I'm just doing it. That's a good sign or indication that, you know what? He might want to hang around. He's going to hang around. Or I'm already a, a, a nice, sincere individual. I do try to look out for others. But, you know, when you when you do it more than you're supposed to, no one has to ask you. You just get it done. They didn't actually get it done. You just do it. That's another sign. And I think you also start to have thoughts at least I do thoughts of, well, what would this look like on a permanent basis? Um, where could we potentially live? Um, what, what are our holidays going to look like? Cause you know, I spent a lot of holidays with my father. Um, a lot, a lot of my childhood and, and even up to uh, being an adult to the day he walked off this earth, I spent a lot of holidays with him and that, and that side of the family. So, there's a lot of things I look before I even think about even thinking about getting married. Do I want to get married? Yes. Now, when is another story. And I will say this. I only want to get married and do this one time. Now, of course, something tragically happens. One of us, well, if she passes on, then I'll get married again. I don't believe in divorce. And I know a lot of people will sit there and say, Ooh, but what if I said, no, I don't believe in divorce. I really sat there and thought about it for a long time. As far as like, this is something I just came up with yesterday. It started probably in my late twenties up to my thirties. And I said, eh, you know, I never really fully answered that question. If it was infidelity, if it would this happen or that happen, what would I do? And I said, you know what? I really don't believe in divorce. So, I'm going to have to pick someone that I know deserves all this love. I need to pick someone who deserves my full attention and vice versa. It is hard being the one 
are coming together as one because you're two different individuals and there are some things you do have in common and eventually you do become close and you try to become closer where it seemed like you know the other person's thinking you know the other person's feeling and you work together as a cohesive unit I've also heard stories about, well, you know what? For the first few years, I didn't really care for him. Really? I don't think that's what you meant. I think you probably didn't care for the shenanigans he would do, but you understood that's just how he is or how she is. Because you do grow together. Just look at the vows. It's a better or for worse. Sickness and in health. There's a reason why it says those things. That's why they say you should not do this unless you're ready to make that commitment. So this is like a big step. This is a humongous step. And I think it should not be entered lightly. Just remember, marriage is a beautiful thing between two people. It's a lot of work. A lot of work. More work than you'll ever have at your real job. The only thing that's different at your job, they pay you. They give you benefits. Well, marriage has benefits. You have someone who's going to be there with you when you're sick. You'll have someone there to help share the load if that's what y'all choose to do. And always remember, what's your relationship is your relationship. Yes, people have similarities. People will have, uh, as they say, we all have different uh, situations that are all similar, but the personalities will make them different. What works in one marriage doesn't work in all marriages. So the books, the advice, the people, the intervenes, always remember, you got to take that with a grain of salt. You have to, you know, caveat that, see if it's going to work and fix maybe your situation or, hey, you got to figure out your own situation. When it's all said and done, man. Love the one that you're with as long as you can love them. Because in this lifetime, in this journey, you're not meant to really do it by yourself. I don't care what anyone thinks. I don't care what anyone says. At some point, you want someone to walk with you. You want someone to be with you. And some of the greatest moments that you've ever had in your entire existence, you really want to celebrate that by yourself. Because when the lights go off, and the doors close. Do you really want to be in the house all by yourself at the top, having everything, but you don't have the girl, you don't have the kids, you don't have a, a you have a fulfillment of personal achievement, but you don't have the gratification of living out a great life with family, traveling the world with other people, sharing these these experiences with the love of your life. There's nothing wrong with having these experiences by yourself, but it can be even more advanced when you find that person that makes you feel complete. Always remember, God took a rib from Adam and made Eve so he could be fully complete. Just like a famous person once said, it's that time again. It's that time again. It's time for football. Training camp starts this month. And depending on how each team, the rookies are going to arrive early and then the vets will arrive. But do you know what happens after the training camp happens? That's right. It'll be time to start getting ready for fantasy football. So even though the real players are going to get ready for their respective teams, those who play fantasy football, we're already starting to gear up. We're buying books. We're doing our research. We are putting together a strategy to say, this year I'm going to be not only better than I was last year, I'm going to be champ this year. I'm going to be champion. I'm going to get that trophy. I'm going to get that money. But there's a few things that you must take heed and maybe it'll help you in your fantasy league draft. First and foremost, for me, I'm only going to play in three leagues this year. Um, my cousin from North Carolina, you've heard him on this show. They're talking about doing one. So I said I would I would do theirs as well. 
Um, there's also a league at work. I think they're still doing that one, but I, I didn't participate last year. I thought they weren't doing it. And they don't do a, a actual draft league. They actually do the pick the teams, depending on the games. You put the, the, the 16 games, you put the highest points, which is 16, on the game you feel the most confident with, and you put a one by the game you feel the least confident with. You just pick the winners. And for every time you win, you get those points. And the person with the most points win that weekly pot. There's a season for that. And the top three people at the end of the season will get paid off. Um, that one is not as complicated. It's more like basically watching the teams. In fantasy, you pick your own team. And depending on the teams in the league, um, when you have 10 teams, there's a lot of players you can get. When there's 12 teams, teams you have to be very selective of how you make your picks so i think it's very important that you do your research maybe do a couple mock drafts if you know what position you're going to be drafting from and then pay attention to the way the draft is going um, for example i know in my cousin's league they value running backs off the rip. They go right after the running backs, even though running backs do not score the most points. They go get at least a, the because the elite running back. They're not they're they're not like a plethora of elite running backs. There are plenty of quarterbacks, but there are not a, a plethora of elite running backs. Also, um, stay. You know, somebody can always break the trend. And they always look at me because they say I'm the one that's going to break the trend. Um, I know last year my team, I felt confident with them. But, you know, I guess wrong. And that can happen as well. So this year I plan on sticking to a very good draft script of how I'm going to draft. I'm going to make sure that whatever position I'm in, that I'm not going to let certain people talk me out of certain picks. I'm not going to lie, you know, you hear the criticism, you know, you feel a certain kind of way about it, but then at the same time, you got to realize, you know, what if it's the other way around, I would say the same thing. So he earns the right to say what he needs to say, and that's the type of league that I'm in. You got to have thick skin when you're in this game. And it's okay if you fail, but, you know, a wise person said you must first learn how to fail in order to succeed. Now on to the real thing. The NFL draft wants to get, well, maybe not the NFL draft. The NFL training camps start this month. The rookies will show up. Once again, I repeat, the rookies will show up prior to the vets. There are a few things I am curiously going to be looking at in this upcoming season. Like for one, uh, do I feel like the defending champion? Will they repeat? I'm going to tell you off rip. No, I do not think the Kansas City Chiefs will repeat. I'm going to take the field because I feel like there are some teams out there that have geared up to try to take them down. The last five AFC championship games have been in Kansas City. I do think whoever gets home field advantage will probably get to the AFC. will get to the Super Bowl this year. And I believe Cincinnati and Buffalo are teams who are prime to make a Super Bowl run. But I must not, I must not, I must not say this or go forth without saying this. Aaron Rodgers is now a New York Jet. I believe the Jets could have competed last year, not win, but at least make it difficult for certain teams in the AFC playoff picture. I do believe with Aaron Rodgers and that skill set, the skill sets that he has, I wouldn't be surprised if I see the Jets at least in the AFC Championship game. I just wouldn't. Aaron has a chip on his shoulder. He wants to prove that I'm the reason why Green Bay was what they are. And they're going to miss me when I'm gone. Now let's go to the flip side with the Green Bay Packers. For the first time in a long time, they're going to start a brand new quarterback that's reminiscent of Aaron Rodgers after he surpassed Brett Favre. But I'm going to tell you right now, I expect Green Bay to suffer. I expect Green Bay to finish last in their division. And 
expect for week one, the Chicago Bears to beat the Green Bay Packers for the first time in a very, very long time. My good friend Sean will probably be the most ecstatic because he's a big time Bears fan. And speaking of the Bears, they did upgrade their offensive coordinator. They did finally get a number one wide receiver. So now the only question is going to be, is Justin Fields really their quarterback? Is he a starting quarterback for that franchise? And can he lead them to the success that they desperately are seeking since 1985? Those questions will be answered this upcoming season. But you know a team that's really going to have to answer some real questions? Yeah, I'm going to say it. That's the San Francisco 49ers. That's right, the 49ers. They already have a, con- a quarterback controversy with Brock Purdy and Trey, Lo- Trey Lawrence or Trey Lance or whatever his name is. I just know his name is Trey. And they brought in Sam Donald. Kyle Shanahan has a great offense. He just does. He has a great offense offensive scheme they also got Christian McCaffrey they also got Debo Samuel they got George Kittle and the other wide receiver I can't pronounce his name I'm so sorry but once I hear it a couple times I will say his name they have the potential to be a juggernaut on offense the problem is going to be who's the quarterback and I know my cousin because he's a big time San Francisco 49ers fan He's going to probably say it should be Brock Purdy. I think I'm saying his name right. Should be Brock Purdy. After all, look what he did for us last year. Yeah, but everybody knows his name now. The question is, can he do that again? We will see. But then again, you don't make all those those moves to get this particular quarterback. You find St. Garoppolo away just for this guy just to sit back on the bench. So it's going to be very interesting to see which way they go. But I'm also going to say this. I think the 49ers need to get home field advantage because I don't believe they can beat the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. See, the NFC is different. I just mentioned the two teams in the NFC that I feel are potentially could go to the Super Bowl and really win. And those are those two teams. They are head and shoulders above everyone in the NFC. It's a shame that we have conferences instead of just putting the best teams in all of football into one tournament and they all just play against each other to get to the Super Bowl and play for the Super Bowl. But that's just not how it works out. Philadelphia is loaded and you saw what they did in the draft. I don't even got to speak what they did in the draft. They went and got Jalen Carter. If he just produces half of what he did in college, I think they have a, a dynasty potentially making in Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts got his money, which that shouldn't surprise you. you. Give him a target, which was A.J. Brown. What more can you say? So I think the NFC Championship game will come down to who will be pretty much Philadelphia and San Francisco. Hopefully, it shapes up that way. I would like for it to shape up that way. I don't want them guys meeting in the divisional round. I want them meeting in the NFC Championship game. I feel like they're the two best teams in the NFC. And I feel like if the 49ers want to make a Super Bowl run, they're going to have to get home field advantage. I just do not believe that. De- I know the defense will travel, but I just can't see them winning in that harsh environment in Philadelphia. I think they need to be in their home environment because the last two NFC Championship games they were in they were on the road yes they lost against the Rams which Garoppolo couldn't throw a pass when they needed him to throw a pass they, they that game was pretty even you go back and watch it, it was pretty even they just needed him to make a play he couldn't make a play he couldn't make a play in the Super Bowl but yet and still this is the guy in which you know the New England coach said was Going to be primed to replace Tom Brady. Bill Belichick. That's right. I didn't really want to say his name. But remember, once upon a time, Bill Belichick said Garoppolo could replace Tom Brady. But needless to say, the 49ers need home field advantage if they want to make it to the Super Bowl. That's just my opinion right now. I see, at least if I wanted to make a prediction, 
we'll hold off on that prediction. But I'm more interested to see how the Lions do this year. Yeah, I said the Lions. I feel like the Lions have a shot to win their division. I actually think they can win a playoff game. Now the question is going to be, how do they lose in the playoffs? I think they can get to the playoffs, but the question is going to be how they're going to lose in the playoffs. Is it going to be the Philadelphia or is it going to be to the 49ers? And I think the only team that's going to give the Lions trouble in their division, because I want to go back a little bit, I think it's going to be the, either the Minnesota Vikings or pretty much how the Bears stack up. Because like I said, I, I like the Bears, the moves they've made. They got an offensive coordinator, but I also like what the Lions have done. They got to get past the first six weeks without having that explosive wide receiver in Jameis Williams, Williamson. But all in all, this is going to be a very, very intriguing NFL season. After all, Patrick Mahomes, I think, is going to be league MVP. I'm interested to see how Sean Payton resurrects Denver. I'm interested to see if Tua can stay healthy and we can actually see how how incredible Miami is going to be. I think that's the only thing that's keeping them from really competing is their quarterback can't stay healthy. And I'm interested to see Joe Burrow and, and the Bengals. I don't think they get enough love. I think we always talk about Pat Patrick Mahomes. We always talk about Josh Allen. And sitting right there who just... You know, he just cools the other side of the pillar, as Stuart Scott would say, and that would be Joe Burrow. We don't talk about Joe Burrow enough. But then again, Lamar Jackson did get his money, and he got two new targets at wide receiver. So I'm in, and a new offensive coordinator. So I'm interested to see how Baltimore plays this year. Yeah. I'm going to mention the Steelers because if I don't mention the Steelers, it'd be like blasphemy. My cousin would text me and say, hey, you didn't talk about the Steelers. Steelers would be all right. I don't know if they'll finish ahead of Cleveland. I think Cleveland is stacked. Yes, Deshaun Watson will be back, and he looked like a guy who ain't played in years, or at least a year. But this year would be different. He's got to earn that $230 million guaranteed contract. And I think he will. He also has Amari Cooper to throw to. And if there's one person that could probably keep Amari Cooper eyes on the prize, it would be Deshaun Watson. Just keep the masseuse away from him. And if he does get a masseuse, I hate to say it, pause. He's got to get male masseuse. Pause. So the upcoming NFL season in fantasy football is right upon us. So everyone get ready. It's going to be an exciting year. There's a lot of things I can always talk about on this show. One I would say would be the music, and that would be hip hop music. Today it's it's different than what I remember as a teenager, and it's supposed to be. The music is supposed to evolve. The artists are supposed to evolve. The subject matter is supposed to evolve. The question is, am I supposed to love it and support it? That's a yes and no answer. There, are, I support that the artists are doing, they have more advantages now than they did 30 years ago. I do support that they are out there doing the best that they can. And they've pushed the creative envelope in ways in which I would say their predecessors didn't do. But the material is where I must draw the line. Um, some of the subject matter is... I ain't going to say above my pay grade, but it's like I've been there, done that. Today's artists are not speaking to a 45-year-old man. They're speaking to preteens, maybe up to college. That's their target audience. So when people make statements or, or basically say, well, people don't support hip-hop if they're 40 and up, I read on social media, that is not totally true. It's just the music is not for me. I can only speak for myself. 
So when you make a generalization and say a certain age age bracket doesn't support certain things, you must take it to account. I've been listening to hip hop since I was eight years old. So that's 86. I've heard some of the greatest artists of this genre. I've witnessed two of the greatest get gunned down in a matter of months. And at one point I was like, man, this is, this is too much. I might have to just, I might have to tap out. But then you hear that one track, that one thing that heals your heart that brings you back in. I'm going to forever love the hip hop culture. I'm forever going to love rap music. That does not mean I don't support the younger artists today. It's just the younger artists today, they're not speaking my language. I respect what they're doing, and I wish them nothing but the best. It's only a handful of them that make at least a song that I'm willing to play in my car. Once again, they're not listen, they're not targeting me. They have a set audience they're going after. I have enough music from the late 80s 90s 2000s at least up to 2014 or 2015 of artists and material that i can listen to i could go a whole few months of just listening to the 90s because that to me was probably the best decade for music and not just hip-hop music r&b jazz anything you could think of the best of it came out in the 90s there is no debate about it If you don't believe me, go back and listen to some of the music and then compare it to what you hear today. This is not an this is not an argument per se of validity. This is more like a generational thing. Everyone has their thing in which they love and like Um, your parents probably like a different. I know my I can't speak for your parents, but I know my parents. They were in the jazz. They were into old school R&B. They would basically tell me, hey, man, they all right. They okay. Until they find something that they like. And then you have to realize, oh, they're playing something that reminds them of something when it was cool and it was out. And that's probably what's going to end up with people who are in their 40s listening to new artists today. Until they play something that reminds them of something that happened or reminds them of something that when they were cool, then that's what will happen. But we're not, I'm not telling that today's artists are not good. I'm not saying that today's artists are not great. They're just not my cup of tea, not all of them. I've found little, little artists out there, and I don't, I don't make fun of saying they're little, but I'm just saying that today's artists are, have, like I said, they have a set audience that they're trying to reach. There's nobody out there trying to get a, a, an adult in their 40s. To listen to their music unless they're a music exec so let's try to understand that there is a difference between the culture of hip-hop and then the music side which is the rap part which is the soundtrack in my opinion and if you have an issue with that you know leave your comments i'll, I'll answer it we'll we can come on the show and have a debate about it but i do believe that hip-hop is stronger than ever it is turned 50 most people thought it was a fad and it's the longest running fad you've ever seen in your entire life. It's made billions of dollars. It's in the lexicon of everyone. Everyone. You just saw Hove have a an exhibit at the Brooklyn uh, Library. So the artists today have to make their mark. And they're they are making their mark with their audience. They should not be judged whether or not an individual in their 40s like it or not. They should be judged more about the audience in which they're trying to to relate to and as far as us in our 40s a lot of our artists that we love are still recording which is an awesome thing so with that being said you know the the age ring when i remember when i first i listened to it was once these artists hit a certain age they were going to start recording so then you have to gravitate to the next thing and then to the next thing but now they've all still are still someone putting out music or they're doing concerts so the age difference is a little, little more than what it was when I was in my 20s. But like I said before, today's artists, they are very talented to a degree of using the tools that they have in front of them. And it's just basically them having to develop their artistry, 
being creative and just putting it out there for people to listen to. And I'll, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. As long as they do a better performance than they did the BET Awards, they'll be fine. I don't even want to get into that because I was highly disappointed. But congratulations to hip-hop for over 50 years. And yes, people in their 40s still support the culture. The music, on the other hand, is you have to mine for it. You have to really mine for the music part. But the culture itself, I believe, is stronger than ever. But the music aspect of it, you know, could use a little more work. At least with the younger artists. But that's just my opinion because, like I said, they're not trying to come to me because I'm an older guy. As long as they have a strong uh, fan base that they're trying to target, they'll be fine. That's all that really matters. Well, we've come to the end of the road, like Boys the Men famously said in their song. And I would like to thank you for listening. And, you know, this episode, I said a lot of things. And these are just pennies from my thoughts. So I have one more. And that is, we have to find a way to treat each other better and do better in our communities. I do feel like we are turning the corner when it comes to at least greeting each other on the street. I know for me, when I see people, I do give them the head nod or the wave, but we have to find a way to be a little more nice to each other. We don't have to go out our way and be like, hey, how are you? You going? No, just be like, hey, how you doing? Good morning. Or, hey, what's happening? You don't, you don't got to know everybody to say, hey, good morning. Or, hey, how you doing? And I understand you use your discretion as well because some people you can look at and tell like Mm-mm, I ain't saying nothing to him he look like he might do something but we can't be afraid as uh, Furious famously said in Boys in the Hood to Ricky and his son we can't be afraid to be amongst our people we can't so let's build our communities back together let's, let's put back the village and maybe by us putting back the village the world will set itself back right you know, and for everybody out there that's dealing with this crazy weather, these crazy climate changes, hey man, make sure you drink plenty of water. Make sure you're doing whatever you need to do because it's only going to get a little bit more bumpier from here. I'm not going to say words. I do think, think everything will even itself out, but I do think we're going to still go in for some bumpy rides. So I appreciate you for listening and also listening to my last pennies for my thoughts moment. Take care, and please, if you like what you're listening to, please, please subscribe. And and please leave your comments. I will answer them. I will answer them. Take care. Peace.